I'll say this, we have the opportunity to, to, to see God work even greater when, than when things are going as, as planned. Um, so, hey, the flood is the flood. God uh, gave us a rainbow to, uh, to promise us he wouldn't flood the entire earth, just the basement of the church. Um, but, uh, hey, it'll be what it'll be. So, um, how's everybody's week? Yeah? So, today's going to be fun um, because, I, I don't know, it just is. So, I'm going to pray and then we're going to jump into what it is that uh, God has in store for us. Our Father God in heaven, Lord, we thank you. God, we love you. Uh, Lord, we don't always understand what's happening, what's going on, why things are like they are. Um, uh, God, sometimes we think that uh, we're all alone in what it is that we're doing. Um, and especially when we're, we're thinking that well, we're doing what you want us to do, God, but uh, then we feel like we're, we're, um, we're all alone. Uh, God, I, I pray as uh, we open your word today and as we hear what you have to say that uh, you speak to our hearts. Um, God, let us all understand that um, e- even though that there, there's uh, water in, in the basement, um, God, that this is still your house and your word um, is going to go forth. And, and we've got a lot to, to accomplish and uh, nothing's going to stand in our way uh, because, God, you are the mighty God. You are the one who sits on the throne. I pray it's in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right. So here's, uh... all right, Mike, you ready? Um change of plans. I know we're supposed to be in Luke chapter 7, but, but the basement flooded. No, we're not going to, we're not going to Genesis 6. We're going to go to 1 Kings 18. And um, all I can tell you, Mike, is just uh, go the whole chapter of 18 and the whole chapter of 19. And I'll be picking and choosing from there. Uh, because I, I, I'm, I'm thinking about this. I was, in all honesty, I was waiting on the back, the back steps there, waiting to come out with the, you know, the life preserver on and, and have this, this uh, try to make you know, light of the situation. And, and um, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to be saying, you know, God spoke to me and, and said, you know, you need to do this, but... God spoke to me and said that I need to change up what it is I was going to preach about today. We were going to be in, you know, Luke 7. We'll get there next week. Um, but uh, I want to take a look at the prophet um, Elijah. Um, and before I do that, I got to hey, silence your cell phones. So I, I had to do mine. That's why I was thinking. But I want to talk about the prophet Elijah. And, and, and because I, I think that we can all have these Elijah moments. Uh, I, I know me personally, I mean, that, that uh, there are times and there are things that, that happen in my life, and, and I don't want, uh, to, to set the stage, I, I don't want pity, I don't want anybody, this is not like a, you know, poor, poor Lee, or poor me, or whatever sermon today, I, I just want to talk about, like, the, the reality of life, um, and, and sometimes when things aren't going your way, you, you have a tendency to think, that, man, I'm just all alone in all of this. Um, e- even when, like I said in the prayer, I think, that, that even when we're doing what God wants us to do. So uh, I'm, I'm convinced that God wants us to be here this morning. 
I'm convinced that God wants us to, to gather and learn, um, you know, about him more uh, intimate or in, in, engage more intimately with him. Um, I'm convinced of that. Uh, but at the same time, I, when we come in here, there's water in the basement. I'm thinking like, okay, God, how, how is this going to happen? Like, how, how are we going to be up here teaching Sunday school and, and, and starting the, our, our class and everything when we got this problem that, that's happening downstairs? So it's kind of one of those moments like, and maybe I'm the only one that, that gets there where you stop and you're just like, ah, really, God? I mean, come on, come on. I'm, I'm doing what you want me to do. And you're just kind of like, this, this is happening. You're letting all this stuff happen, and, and, but when I'm, I'm just, tr- I'm trying to do what you want me to do. Maybe, maybe I'm just, you know, maybe that's just me. But I think that I don't think that I'm alone in, in that feeling. That man, I, I want to be a, a, a better husband. I want to be a better wife. I want to be a better mom, a better dad, a better, uh, you know, whatever. I want to do all this stuff. But man, life is just throwing the the, the, the stuff at me, and, and and it's just it's hard to deal with. Well, I think that we can have this misperception that when things are going in the way in which we think that God wants them to go, that we, get this, we have this, uh, this taintedness that, well, I'm doing what God wants me to do, so everything's going to be good. And from here on out, you know, my life's going to be, you know, better. Because that's what the TV guy says, right? <laughs> All you need is Jesus, and your life's going to be A-OK, Right? Now, is Jesus the answer to life? Absolutely. Absolutely. But it's not that easy. I've been reading through, um, doing some study uh, on the the prophets of the the Old Testament. And um, one of my my favorite prophets is Elijah. Um, And and because um, dude was real. Like, he dealt with stuff. And he didn't always deal well with stuff. And if we're going to talk about us, we don't always deal well with things. But it doesn't mean that we have to take the, 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 our, our reactions and make that who we are. Because that, that's not who we are all the time. Just because a situation in our, in our life happens, that doesn't identify who, who, who we are. Because if we're a, a believer, if we're a child of God, we're, 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 we're more than conquerors. We're identified by Christ. We're not identified by, by what we do. And, and I, I think that, that Elijah gives us this really cool story. So um, what, what I want to do is I want to bust through uh, chapter 18 to give us kind of a, uh, uh, a good solid foundation of you know, the context and then uh, really hit on 19 um, to, to, to see, you know, what, what, what all is happening. So let's start, uh, for sake of time, um, let's start with, oh, let's start with 17, okay. Um, 1 Kings 18, verse 17. 
So when Ahab saw Elijah, so Ahab is, is the king here of Israel right now. So it says, when Ahab saw Elijah, Ahab said to him, is it you, you troubler of Israel? Okay, so real quick, understanding that Elijah, he, him being a prophet, um, understand what a prophet is. A prophet is someone in the Old Testament. Yes, they, they prophesy about what's going to happen in the future, but the, the reality is of what a prophet is, he identified that what was going on. He told the truth about it, and he didn't care. The, the, the outcome of the truth in which he told. Um, we would say in, in 21st century uh, American society that, well, you're supposed to speak the truth in love. Um, well, th- there was a hard time. Uh, there, there's a, th- this, uh, uh, a, um, um, let, let's say this, there was a, a different definition of, of love at the time. It's, I love you enough that you're an idiot and you're doing something stupid. I'm going to tell you about it. We would say that's tough love, right? And sometimes we err on the side of tough love. Anywho. So, Elijah was identified as the troubler of Israel. And he answered, I have not troubled Israel, but you have. He's gutsy. He's telling the king, it ain't me who's troubling Israel. It's you. You're the one that's jacked. And your father's house, because you have abandoned abandoned." The commandments of the Lord and follow the Baals. Now, therefore, send, it, send and gather all Israel to meet me at Mount Carmel. And the 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of the Asherah who eat at Jezebel's table. So he, he's confronting the king. He's saying, okay, here's the deal. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to get these 850, uh, the, the, these prophets here, and I want you to meet me on the mountain. Meet me on this big mountain, this, this, this mountain that overlooks the, the Jezreel Valley, it overlooks uh, the, the, the Mediterranean Sea. He's saying, okay, meet me there. So Ahab sent to all the people of Israel and gathered the prophets together at Mount Carmel. And Elijah came near to all the people and said, how long will you go limping between two different opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal, then follow him. Love that because he's saying, all right, Children of Israel, God's chosen people, how long are you going to go between, limping between serving God and serving these false gods? So I guess he he is kind of a troubler, right? He's identifying that what you're doing is you're not following after God. And the people did not answer him a word. How often does that happen? (laughs) Never. Jeremiah, you're jacked. You don't need to do this. Yeah. <laughs> Most of the time we're like, uh, because you know they're right. What, what, what are the people going to say to Elijah right now? Like, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely They know that, that, that Elijah speaks as a man of God. It says, then Elijah said to the people, I, even I only, am left a prophet of the Lord. Okay, notice that this is going to start um, into the, the, this, uh, I, I want to say this little bit of a complex in which Elijah has. But the Baal's prophets are 450 men. Let two bulls be given to us, and let them choose one bull for themselves, and cut it into pieces, and lay it on the wood, but put no fire to it. And I will prepare the other bull, and lay it on the wood, and put no fire to it. And you call upon the name of your God, and I will call upon the name of the Lord, and the God who answers by fire, he is God. And all the people answered, it is well spoken. So he's basically putting, he's laying down the gauntlet. He's saying, okay, we're going to have this little bit of a duel. 
your God against my God. Here's how we're going to do it. We're going to take a bull. We're going we're gonna to cut it. We're going to present it as a sacrifice, but we're not going to burn it. We'll leave that up to the gods. We'll leave, we'll leave that up to your God, and we'll leave that up to my God to, uh, to, to, to do that. Then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, Choose for yourselves one bull and prepare it first, for you are many, and call upon the name of your God, but put no fire to it. And they took the bull that was given them, and they prepared it and called upon the name of, of Baal from morning until noon, saying, Oh, Baal, answer us. But there was no voice, no answered. No one answered. And they limped around the altar that they had made. And at noon, Elijah mocked them. I, I, that's, that's another reason why I like Elijah, because <laughs> he mocks people. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm trying to repent of that. Um, at noon, Elijah mocked them, saying, Cry aloud. This is funny. Um, Cry aloud, for he is a god. Either he is musing. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm a little kid. Either he is musing, or he is relieving himself, or he is on a journey, or perhaps he's asleep and you must, he must be awakened. <laughs> yes, that says what it says, okay? Yeah, maybe he's, he's seeing a man about a horse. You gotta cry louder. I mean, I know how it is, but I got kids. I mean, you're in there in your office reading, <laughs> taking care of, yeah, of some important study, and you see the fingers under the door, and, <laughs> Dad, what are you doing? My dad always said, I'm building an ark. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know, right? And they cried aloud and cut themselves after their customs with swords and lances until the blood gushed out upon them. And as midday passed, they raved on until the time of the offering of oblation, but there was no voice. No one answered. No one paid attention. Man, I, 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 I read that now, and I, I've read this, this. I can't tell you how many times I've read this. And that just jumps out. No one paid attention. No one, they're, they're cutting themselves. They're doing everything that they think that they need to do to please their God, to get him to react. And it says that no one, no one paid attention. Then Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. And all the people came near to him. And he repaired the altar of the Lord that had been thrown down. I think that that's important. I love how this, when we read through Scripture, we can see these little nuances of, it doesn't say that he built a new altar. He said, it says that he repaired the altar of the Lord that was thrown down. I think that for us, a lot of times, you don't need a new relationship with Jesus. You don't need a newfound faith. What you need to do is you need to remember what you've had, what God has already given you. A lot of times, I mean, I get in that where you get in that, let's call it the funk, okay? I get in the funk where it's like sometimes I don't feel like I'm a Christian. It doesn't mean I'm not. What that means, though, is, you know, I have a tendency that I'm going to start breaking down that altar and it's, it's, it's being thrown down in my life. There's not an altar in which I, I'm coming and I'm, I'm laying my, my cares and my troubles and my worries, my life before the Lord. 
Here, Elijah said, that it says that Elijah just repaired the altar that had been thrown down. It says, Elijah took 12 stones according to the number of the tribes of the sons of Jacob, to whom the word of the Lord came, saying, Israel shall be your name. And with the stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord, and he made a trench about the altar, as great as would contain two seas of seed. And he put the wood in order and cut the bull in pieces and laid it on the wood and said, fill four jars with water and pour it on the burnt offering and on the wood. And he said, do it a second time. And they did it a second time. And he said, do it a third time. And they did it a third time. And the water ran around the altar and filled the trench also with water. And at the time of the offering of oblation, Elijah the prophet came near and said, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel and that I am your servant and that I have done all these things at your word. Answer me, O Lord. Answer me that this people may know that you, O Lord, are God and that they may have, they have turned, that, yeah, that you have turned their hearts back. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust. And it licked up all up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces. Duh. And they, it says they fell on their faces and said, the Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And Elijah said to them, Seize the prophets of Baal, let none or let not one of them escape. And they seized them, and Elijah brought them down to the brook Kishon and slaughtered them there. So let, let, let's just let's just think about this for a second. So would we agree? Would we would, would we agree that Elijah just did an amazing act of obedience, an amazing act of faith, um, and, and God exercised his, his majesty, his power in front of all of these people, and he did this because of what Elijah did, right? Would we say, if, like in our terms today, would we, we say that, you know, Elijah was, was doing what God wanted him to do, right? We, we would say that, and we could be confident in that because he just basically, he took, you know, the, 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 the bull and he put it, you know, cut it up in pieces and, and put it on the, the, the wood and dumped water. And, you know, it, 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 was, it was something that, that, and I love it, not one time, but two times, not two times, but three times that he dumped water on it. And then he prays to God and said, okay, now it's your turn. It's like, okay, I'm, I, I've been obedient to you, God. Now it's your turn to step in and woof, do your thing. And what does God do? He woof, does his thing. I don't know about you, but I know how I would be. I'd be strutting around, right? That's my God. I'm, that, that he, he's, he's mine. I'm, I'm on his team. I'm on his team. And, and we see that it, that happens to an extent here because it says that he then he, he was bold enough to take and he, he killed all the rest of the prophets, the false prophets. So if we were to look at this, if this guy was in ministry, right, he would be on the, 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 the pinnacle. He'd be at the top of his game, right? Would we agree with all that? Let's keep on reading. We're going to skip to chapter 19. 
verse 1, it says, Ahab told Jezebel all that Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. Then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah saying, So may the gods do to me and more also if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by this time tomorrow. Okay. So basically, what, what, what is she doing? Putting a price on his head, right? So you, you killed all these prophets. This is what's going to happen to you. I, I, all right, so again, we're, we're thinking, I, I, I'm, I'm on the mountain. We just, fire just came down from heaven and consumed everything. You would think it would be like, oh, whatever. You know, D do whatever you're going to do because did you see that? Did you just see what happened? But that's not the, the, the response of our man of God here. Verse 3, it says, then he was afraid. Then he was afraid. And he arose and ran for his life. And he came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah, and, he, and left his servant there. But he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat under a broom tree. And he asked that he might die, saying... It is enough now, O Lord. Take away my life, for I am no better than my father's. And he laid down and slept under the broom tree. And behold, an angel touched him and said to him, Arise and eat. And he looked, and behold, there was a, at his head a cake baked on stones and a jar of water. And he ate and drank and laid down again. And the angel of the Lord came again the second time and touched him and said, Arise and eat, for the journey is too great for you. And he arose and ate and drank and went in strength at the, of that food 40 days and 40 nights to Horeb, the Mount of God. So, okay, wait a second. He was afraid. It says that he was afraid, and because he was afraid, he just ran. He ran away. It's easy for us to sit and we're reading this story in the Bible. We know how it all ends, or maybe not everybody. But maybe you're thinking, okay, well, yeah, I mean, we know that Elijah, he does more things. But we're thinking here, okay, yeah, all right, this is a good moral story or whatever. But let's, let's enter ourselves into this. Let's make our, all of us, let's individually make yourself Elijah. And, and, and God just moved in an amazing way through you. And then you face opposition. I, I would love to say that, man, I'm going to stand strong and say, yeah, hey, did you see what happened and all, you know, all that? And that's my God and he's on my side. And I want to say that that's me. But I think that what happens is we, we have a tendency to see that, that, that confrontation and, and, and we, we look at this confrontation or this situation or whatever it may be, <laughs> water in a basement, whatever it may be, we look at this, and it's so close to us that we forget how big our God is. Because our eyes are focused on this, oh, he's saying, my life is in jeopardy. But your life's in his hands. I, I, I know that logically speaking, it kind of, we would say, yeah, he, he just did all this. But if we're entering ourselves into this situation, how many of us would? respond just like this. How many of you have, how many of us 
have responded like this. Like, God, I'm doing what you want me to do. Now they want to kill me. Well, I must not be doing what God wants me to do. No, I, I tell you what, if, you're not, if we're not uh, um, uh, encountering opposition in our obedience to God, we're probably not doing what it is that God wants us to do. Because w- what happens is there is a, a, an enemy that's out there. We, we talked about this weeks ago, the spiritual warfare and everything. There's an enemy that's out there that doesn't want us to do uh, God's work. There, this, is, this is real. This is, this is something where when, when Elijah is, is faced with this, this is a real moment. This is not just a story. This is not like Aesop's fables. This is a real person. This is an individual saying, man, what am I going to do? His instinct was, uh, man, I'm you know, packing the, 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 the bag and I'm, I'm out of here. I'm going to run, run, run. Verse 9. There came, there he came to a cave and lodged in it. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Just, just think about that for a second. Does God really wonder what Elijah is doing? No, he he doesn't wonder. It's not like in his mind he's like sitting up there on the throne. He's like, hmm, okay, he caught me off guard there. I thought that the whole, you know, fire from heaven thing was going to be awesome and he would just be stellar after that. But now he's hiding in a cave. Nuts, what am I going to do now? (laughs) No, that's not what God is thinking. That's not what's going through his mind. But he asks, he asks Elijah, he says, what are you, what, what are you doing here? How, how, many, how many times has God made something clear to you and you don't do what it is that God tells you to do or has shown you what to do? Things, and, 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 and you have that, that, that moment where God's saying, what are you doing? What are you doing here? And I, I love, I love uh, Elijah's response. He said, I've been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only am left, and they seek my life to take it away. <laughs> what, 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 what was that? What was that? I, 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 I see this. I see Elijah saying, What's going on, Lord? I've been faithful to you. I've been doing all this stuff. And look what's happening. He's sticking out his lip and he's stomping his foot, right? No, no one in here has ever done that, right? I say that all the time, and then I look at my son, and I know he's a, <laughs> a replica of his father. Amen. Yes, right. <laughs> But what Elijah is saying is, I'm all alone. I'm doing what you wanted me to do. I listen to you, God. And I, can fi- I, I see him. He's shaking his finger. I listen to you, and now they want to kill me. I'm the, I'm the only one left. N- no one in here has ever felt that way, right? The situation in which you're in, do you feel like you're all alone? 
work's piling up or relationships going bad or whatever, and you're like, no one understands me. Because that's basically what, what, what Elijah is saying here. He's talking to God, trying to explain to God how good of a person he is, trying to like woo God <laughs> as if, I love those moments, that, you know, God's sitting there like, oh yeah, that's right. You, oh, I forgot about that. No, 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 God's not like that. He's trying to convince God that, you know, I've, I've done what you wanted me to do. Why isn't my life so easy? Why aren't things going the way in which I think they should be going? Verse 11. And he said, go, go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by in a great and strong wind, tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. This is what, what, what some of you that, that, that may, uh, you know, grow, have grown up in church, it's that, that still small voice. Is what, this is where they, they get that, that, um, that reference. And when Elijah heard it, so, so, so think about this. It says, and after the fire, the sound of a, of a low whisper. It, it says that a, a strong wind tore the mountains, broke them into pieces, the earthquake happened, and this fire, I mean, so think about these things that, that, that were, at that time, the loudest things ever. Like, I'm thinking, okay, God just brought fire down from heaven, and now, so he's going to speak in some massive way, right? He's going to reveal all this stuff because, you know, this is how he works. He doesn't reveal himself in the earthquake or the wind or the fire. It says in a, in a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? So, so God didn't, didn't change anything. Other, he asked the same question again. What, what, are you, what are you doing here? And he said, I've been very jealous for the Lord. The God of hosts, for the people of Israel have forsaken your covenant, thrown down your altars, and killed your prophets with the sword. And I, even I only, am left. And they seek my life to take it away. So he's broken at this time. He's still, he's like, I'm at the end of my rope. Just kill me now. Take me and put me out of my misery. And the Lord said to him, Go, return on your way to the wilderness of Damascus. What does God tell him there? What does he tell him? Go back to where you came from. Go back and face what it is that you're running from. I don't know who it is or what it is, and maybe it's just for me. I'm just, you know, this is, this is for me. Like, don't be afraid to face what it is, that the, the obstacles that, that are presented in front of you when you're doing what it is that God wants you to do. 
Don't think that because an obstacle comes up, that's not what God wants me to do. No, maybe it's exactly what God wants you to do. But he wants to test you through that obstacle. He wants to, uh, 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 um, what's the word I'm looking for? He, wa- he wants to uh, 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 build you up. He wants to refine you through that. Don't look at that obstacle as like, well, maybe this isn't what God wants me to do. I'm going to go the other way. It's easy to run. It is easy to run. It's easy to avoid situations. It's difficult to face life sometimes. But I, I, I love the story because when Elijah says, I'm the only one left. No one, no one's left. He goes on to say, Look down at verse, verse 18. It says, Yet I will leave 7,000 in Israel, all the knees that have not bowed to the Baal, and every mouth that has not kissed him. Elijah says, I'm all alone. And God says, No, you're not alone. There's at least 7,000 out there that haven't bowed the knee. Just because you think you're alone doesn't mean you are alone. Just then when we think that, that life's overwhelming us, we don't need to let life overwhelm us because our God is the God that, called, that, that brought fire down from heaven. Our God is the God that conquered Satan, sin, and death. It's not some fairy tale, dream, dust, whatever you want to call it. No, the God in which we serve, the reason why we're here, the, the relationship in which we can have with him is real. How is God going to make your time or your job at work better? I don't know how God's going to make it better in the sense of make it easier, whatever you think. But if we understand that, like we talked a few weeks ago, if we understand that we're not working for our boss, we're working for our Lord, things are different. If we're, we're thinking, like, how can I please my wife? It's not, I, I don't need to focus on or worry about how do I, I please my wife. I need to please the Lord. And by me pleasing him, one of the byproducts is going to be my wife is going to be pleased. It, it, it's not getting into, or it, it, it's, it, it's making sure that we don't get into the, the mindset that I'm all alone. Because I can tell you this right now. All you got to do is look around, and y'all are jacked up in here. <laughs> Me too. I'm, I'm, I'm the chief right here, right? I'm, I got the jacked up in this as well. We're all jacked up, but you know what? We're not alone in what it is that we, we're doing in life. We need to understand that we don't need to have these moments of the, the, that, we, that we are like Elijah, and we cry out like, God, there's no one left. I'm all by myself. I mean, I'm... <laughs> I've been reading my Bible, and I've been doing this, and I'm, I'm a good Christian, but I'm still, I'm all alone. No, what we need to do is we need to realize, you know, God has put people in your lives and has put people in my lives. My life. I don't have lives. I'm not a cat. Thank you, Jesus. God's put, put people in our lives. So we don't have to stand on the mountain and God say to us, go back to where you came from. Face what it is that you need to face. Because what we need to do when we're presented with obstacles is we need to lock arms and say, hey, I need help. 
as crazy and as crappy as it was this morning with the, the, the thing downstairs, it was just, I was, you know, as we're going through, look like rats trying to get everything done. I'm looking around and looking at everybody who just stepped up and said, okay, I came for church, but you know what? This needs to be done. We got it done. Even though I know Mr. Chuckles is stressing a little bit, <laughs> it, it's, and it's still, the problem's still there. But you know what? We're not standing on the mountain saying, God, where's everybody else at? No, we're standing together saying, okay, there's 7,000. 7,000 who haven't, haven't bowed the knee to Baal. Maybe we're not 7,000 in here. Yeah, maybe someday, I don't know. But what we can know is we're not alone. So I, I, I guess if we're going to tie everything together today and make the, 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 the ramblings of, of a bald man make sense, when we're faced with stuff in our life, don't think that you're alone going through it. Not only, I mean, it's primary, but not only is God with you through it, your brothers and sisters are here to help you through it as well. Let's pray. Our Father God in heaven, Lord, we, uh, we thank you for who you are. God, we thank you that uh, you're not in the, um, the earthquake and you're not in the wind and you're not in the fire, but God, you're in our lives. You're, you, you, you're, you're um, intimate in relationship with us. God, we, we ask that we can hear that voice, that, 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 that still small voice that we don't let everything that's going on around us uh, drown you out. God, I, I know that I, I need to, to, to uh, repent of some of my own sins. That, uh, even today, the anger and just the not understanding why things are going on. But God, I, I know that, that, that as we turn from our sin and we turn to you, it's because you, you, you want that intimate relationship with us. God, let us desire you like you desire us. God, let us work as a, as a family. Even though we're one big jacked up family, let us work together to do your good work. Lord, I, I mean, I thank you. I, I thank you for the water in the basement. Thank you for having a basement to have water in. God, let us just continue to do what it is that you want us to do. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.